Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, folks, Hour 2, KMOX, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, all for you, by you, with you, and I am truly at your service. Phone in, questions, uh, bring them on, got plenty of room for you now, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. My name is Scott Mosby, we've got one more full hour. Uh, Coming up after this show is uh, your retirement professionals, and then later, the business of family business. Stay tuned, we've got uh, Cards versus the Cubs today, 515 game time, 420 pregame, to hear about all the goodies and the news from the KMOX News staff. Phone lines right now for the Home Improvement Show, 314-436-7900. Much to talk about. We have a lot of questions, a lot of answers. Heat coming, a little bit of a potentially heavy weather tonight. Oh boy, what a good thing. We need more of that. Uh, however, the rain and the wet is kind of welcome. Uh, as hot as it is, uh, the plants get happy with more rain and our soil's in pretty good shape. Uh, 314-436-7900. Um, golly, uh, got, I've been around here for quite a long time on Camwex. I love it. Um, this is my Camwex family. Just uh, I'm part of the Camwex family. I'm part of the listening audience. I, I love the shows and stay tuned. Uh, like you, I, I, I'm smartphone based, so I take the Odyssey app with me. I'm able to turn it on, turn it off, pause it, rewind it, you know, look for other shows, uh, and, uh, you know, all the things. So the Odyssey, A U D A C Y, that's the company. We used to be CBS owned, uh, KMOX. Now we are Odyssey, A U D A C Y, kind of a whole wrapped up communication thing. They kind of stepped up to about 50,000 feet and looked around and said, we're in the communications business. What all goes into that? And that's kind of how I uh, would uh, describe KMOX as part of that whole communication package. Uh, the communication now is about your home. Maybe air conditioning, forced air, dehumidification. Uh, likewise, I'm going to ask that uh, I know your air conditioner is running a lot now, uh, but make sure, as I mentioned in the first hour, go outside, look at that condenser, that fan thing that makes the noise outside your house. Make sure stuff is moved away from it. Um, if you can kind of brush or broom any of the cobwebs or leaves, uh, I know out of sight, out of mind, it's not the thing that we all want to go mess with, and certainly not at, you know, 98 degrees, then it's a warm one. We're in the middle of the throes of uh, July heading into August, so uh, we are at the hottest part of the St. Louis summer. But just kind of keep the coils clean, and that means anything on the outside of that unit that you can just push a broom across, uh, get the cobwebs out of the way, any leaves stuck to that, any debris, move your potting soil away from those things. I know it's a great place. It's kind of this funky thing outside the house and it, it'll hide, you know, the wheelbarrow and the pottings, you know, the pots and stuff. Move that all away because in extreme temperatures, it really matters. Close your window blinds, any kind of shades, those sorts of things. The sun heat, if you're not looking at the sunrise and the sunset, you know, close up the windows. Uh, unless, you know, if your air conditioner is doing fine, don't worry about it. You're properly sized. The more your air conditioner runs, the better it is. 
Yeah, I'm going to say that again. The longer your air conditioner runs, the better it is. And I'll get into air conditioner sizing here in a little bit. Uh, 314-436-7900 puts us together. So keep that in mind. Um, uh, It's important. Um, As it is, uh, sizing an air conditioning, so so, um, we get temperatures uh, from air conditioning uh, all the way from, you know, we start air conditioning. Maybe some people in humid areas might start at 80 degrees. Well, at 80 degrees, you know, the air conditioner comes on for a minute or two, takes it to 80, cools off, whatever. Not a problem. Um, but when it's 90, you know, your AC runs longer. While it runs longer, it removes humidity from the air, which makes our bodies more comfortable because we can perspire and cool ourselves in that perspiration, that evaporation of moisture. Um, If we have a lot of humidity, say you have too big an air conditioning, so well, more is better. I don't ever want to be uncomfortable. I want an eight-ton air conditioner in my house. Your air conditioner will run for 70 seconds and turn off. It'll never remove the humidity in the air. So that's why heating and cooling companies will talk to you about, we don't want to make that unit too big. You know, and you're saying, yeah, but at 108 degrees or 105 degrees, I want that thing to be able to cool the house. Well, there's always a range. So that air conditioner technician, the company installing your unit, you know, kind of knows what the best size is for that house and they properly size that. Uh, So that that unit during times like now, your AC runs a lot and it's supposed to. That's a good thing. 314-436-7900. Let's see what's happening with my buddy on the phone line here. Let's talk to my friend Steve. Hey, Steve, Scott Mosby. Can you hear me? Well, barely, Steve. You're in kind of a noisy environment. How can I help? Okay. Um, I'll move a little bit here. Yeah, I can, I can barely hear you, so please step outside or elsewhere. Okay, any better? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Okay, you're right okay. now. Okay. Yes. I have an electrical box in a garden-type condominium. Uh-huh. Now, it's technically a two-bedroom uh, apart or condo. Okay. We, I've had, it needs to be changed out. It's one of these older ones. They say it's a problem. They want it changed out. Well, the problem is, is that it's in a bedroom. Well, I talked to one electrician. It's actually a sub box. Okay. One electrician came over and looked, and it was on the phone with somebody saying that, hey, this is okay. The city, their county says it's okay to do this. We can go ahead and replace it. Then I went to another, had another estimate, and that person says, no, the county says not to do it. So I'm a little confused. I don't want to get into something and have somebody change their mind in the middle of it. Uh, and I thought, well, how can I make my bedroom not a bedroom? I don't need two bedrooms. I live alone. Could I just take the door jam off, make it so it doesn't have a door that can latch and lock, and call it not a bedroom? Uh, what makes it a bedroom is usually a closet. So by having a closet and a room that's bigger than 10 by 12 or 10 by 13, something like that, big enough, uh, then it's called a bedroom. The value of losing a bedroom is tens of thousands of dollars. Don't do this. You're better off to pay a few extra bucks for the electric panel charge than lose the value of your home in there. Uh, even if that... Well, they're going to have to move the box totally out of that room. 
which is like, oh my gosh, this is going, there, it's going to be very difficult to do. I mean, people are telling me they won't even do it or touch it. So um, it's just the closet and the size of the room. It has nothing to do with the entrance of the door. Uh, I don't think so. But I, I will tell you this. I don't know the code answer on this, but I will tell you I've never seen a, an electric panel in a, in a bedroom. So I'm thinking there is a code reason for this. That being said, they can move that panel. Uh, they can make that panel a junction box uh, in the wall that doesn't open and move the uh, breaker panel to another location and comply. So there is a way to do this and comply with the code. Do comply with the code because anybody that buys your house in the future will have a home inspection. The home inspection would flag it. You've already paid thousands of dollars to replace this thing and leave it in the wrong place maybe. Then you pay thousands of dollars again. All you're negotiating now is how many times you're going to pay for this one improvement. Make sure you get it right the first time, frankly. Are you still there? Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, Steve. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, please. Uh, how can I find out uh, specifically about the codes? Because are like you in I St. Said, Louis well, County? Yes. Oh golly, I'll tell you what. Um, any licensed electrician um, that um, operates in St. Louis County will have this answer. They need to know this. Uh, you're welcome to call Stribe Electric. We use them a lot at Mosby Building Arts. Uh, they'll give you the scrape shot over the phone. But I'm guessing, I've just never seen one in a bedroom. That would indicate to me that um, it's uh, just not uh, allowable. Um, and I'm, I'm not an electrician, so I can't really answer this part of it. I just think that, but a good electrician can take all those wires junction those and move them to another place so the electrical panel uh it, those circuits get fed by that panels it, it's doable it's doable but it'll be twice the cost or more well that's what i'm concerned about but i've had two professionals come in one yeah. that was just advertised on the radio in, in in the interim on your show not you know not on KMLX. another right. one is highly reputable and i'm getting two different answers one of you saying I'd go with the highly reputable because here, here's the other part of home improvement, whether it's siding, windows, roofing. There are salespeople that are trained to sell, and then there are technicians that know the trade or that business, and then they wound up with that high knowledge out selling. So if you're talking to a really smart um electrically trained guy he knows that answer and that's his job but if it's just kind yeah. of a, a salesperson for a franchise you can get any answer there because then finally it bubbles up high enough and then the his boss says no you can't do that and then he calls you up and says oop i messed up you do have to move that pant that's so you're they, kind they, of they, into... were both, they were both electricians i i guess i'm not you know i'm kind of stuck here but you know thanks i appreciate the time but yeah both yeah. of them were the electricians came over and looked yeah, you know, just call so like, St. Louis County. Yeah. You can call. Yeah, you can I call St. Louis County. Uh, there's a St. Louis County Electrical um, uh, Code Department of Building Part of uh, Building um, Inspections. They can answer that over the phone. It might take a four-day or five-day callback, but they can tell you what the code is in St. Louis County. Okay, that's who I need to call then because I, I yeah. left a message with somebody at Public Works in Clayton, and they never got back with me. Well, so uh, there's a, 
that's yeah. the right place to call, frankly. You're calling the part, Department of Public Works. The problem is, you know, these guys are all, for the most part, out on the road inspecting those things. So, uh, you know, I'm just, I just, you know, one electrician that I trust, you can call Stribe, S-T-R-E-I-B, and I promise you they'll give you the answer and it'll be the right one for St. Louis County. Okay. Hey, thank you for your time, sir. I appreciate it. You bet. Good luck, Steve. You're in a pickle there. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. And I'm a good generalist here, folks. I'm not a real, you know, uh, you get right down to the nitty-gritty of a plumbing code, nitty-gritty. The elect- Unless I happen to have run into that in my uh, professional life, then I know that ruling. But I'm, I, would, I would bet that electrical panels are not allowed in sleeping or bedroom areas because I've never seen one there, frankly. Um, so anyway, that's my long and the short of it. We're going to take a short pause here on CamWax. We'll be right back for more after this. Oh, yeah. Here, check this out. Watch my moonwalk. Here, check. Here, walk. Here's my back. Here, backward. Got it? Got it? The other direction. Here I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you? Oh, what's that, Gary? Oh, this is radio. You can't see that. Never mind. Scott Mosby here. 314-436-7900. puts us together. I am truly at your service. Uh, we'll get my medication adjusted a little bit later and get me back on the reservation just a little better. Let's right now go talk to my friend Lois and see what's cooking. Hey, Lois, good afternoon. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help? Hi, Scott. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. I know this isn't exactly what you do. I'm pretty certain but perhaps you can just give me some guidance. Uh, we had a in-ground pool installed in 1987 mm-hmm. along with a in-ground um, hot tub and then a fair amount of decking around it. And we want to have the whole shoot and match torn out, and I'm not sure where to start. Is it poured concrete? Yes. Uh, okay. Um, two things. Uh, first off, uh, where do you live? What city uh, in the area? Uh, we're in uh, near the Kirkwood area. Okay. Uh, check with Kirkwood Building Department and City Hall. Uh, sometimes they require that the, the, the concrete walls get removed. Um, and I'll tell you why this is important. We've removed a few of these. Um, some cities require that once that pool is abandoned, you can't just fill it up with dirt and walk away. Uh, I have been involved where we were putting a room addition on for a client. We ran in to a swimming pool that was buried, and it was just an absolute mess because we had to dig so much stuff up just to put the footings in for the addition. The homeowner was not happy with the additional costs of that. Uh, So you're not alone. A lot of people are pulling these things out. Um, Generally, uh, the way we went about doing it is just excavator turned into a big excavation site. You abandon all the electric, you pull it out. It's, you know, frankly, you know, it's a third to half the cost of putting in a swimming pool because of all the removal and you're hauling heavy concrete out. Some cities will allow you just to collapse it and, you know, just uh, literally break the corners and then fold the walls into the bottom of the pool. Um, uh, that's, uh, I, I wouldn't recommend it, uh, again, because as, as our work has been in uh, room additions, we've run into old septic tanks, we've run into swimming pools, we've run into all kinds of stuff and it, it is, uh, more than problematic. So I would advise pulling the thing out. 
um, frankly, because that's the, uh, the reason we did it in the Kirkwood area was because burying concrete makes grass really hard to grow, uh, even when there's quite a bit of, of soil coverage over it, because it changes the moisture, it changes the water movement under the ground, it changes the, you know, the lime in that concrete continues to leach out towards the surface and rain, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, but mm-hmm. it is a big deal, and it uh, we occasionally do it, and it's, uh, again, do you want to just turn it back into uh, uh, grass? No, uh, well, some of it. Uh, yeah. Part, you know, part we would eventually, I mean, ultimately like to just have a simple patio out there, yeah. um, you know, to barbecue and, and just sit out and enjoy the outdoors, but... Um, what we have now, we couldn't. There's no way to salvage any of that to do that. Yeah. We would, you know, we, it really does need to be torn out. Well, you'd be surprised um, how many people are taking pools out. <laughs> You're not alone. So. Well, yeah, I mean, we're done. We, you know, the kids are grown yeah. and gone, and we haven't even opened it in about five years. So I, <laughs> I shudder to think what's under the pool cover. Um, so. So my so where I started calling an excavation company, is that where I go? Well, you're welcome to call Mosby Building Arts. We're involved in. You need a little bit of a lot. You don't need. You need some electric. You need some excavation. You need a lot of hauling. You need somebody that knows the area around the pool because the problem, you know, tearing out the pool is the easy part. Getting it from yes. the backyard to the street, wherever that is. You know, how many systems that you cross as far as electric service, underground downspout drains, sewer, you know, water, yeah. you know, there's 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 a lot of damage that can ensue. So you literally need more. You need smarter guys than it seems like. You don't need just come in, dig it up and tear it up. It That's the. And, and you do that. Your company. We, yes, we do. And we're equipped for it, frankly. I mean, we're just because of this. Where do you get? Um, somebody to do a complex, high-skill, small job. Well, that's Mosby. We do a lot of that stuff because nobody else will, frankly. Okay. All right. I will call your office then. Thank yeah, you. Because um, we just were, yeah, we didn't know. I mean, the the pool, the pool company that installed it is no longer around, so I can't even call them. And um, I just didn't know. You know, I knew excavation, is, of course, is, involved but i just wasn't sure who or but i will i will call your office on monday and we'll see what what's up yeah yeah we'll have somebody come out and talk to you about that it's it's pricier than you'd imagine it surprised me as well because you need a little bit of this you need a little bit of that you need a little bit of this and you leave a little of that and then the big conversation gets into the landscape that's what i'm afraid of i know right yeah okay all right well thanks very much appreciate it okay laws take care uh, next up, let's talk to my buddy, Mark. Hey, Mark, good afternoon. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help? Hi, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. I have kind of a two-part question about uh, electricity you know, backup for a house. Yeah. So I've been kind of thinking about a whole house generator, but mm-hmm. kind of concerned about the potential noise level that you don't want to put something like that in. And then you know, the neighbors are complaining all the time as it you know, cycles on and off and, and mm-hmm. all that. And then the second part of my question is, is solar to the point now, and I know that's not the same as the whole house generator, but does that offer any alternatives in terms of being able to 
you know, last for any particular period of time by storing up that energy mm-hmm. and, and being able to run off that for some period of time. Yes, uh, you're close to my heart. Um, uh, last house I was in, I had a monster generator just for that reason. Uh, there are 5 and 10 kilowatt KW generators. You see them in the home centers. Um, they are big lawnmowers. They are air-cooled. They are a little noisier than a normal unit. Uh, the bigger the generator you get, the more stuff you operate in the house, i.e. air conditioners. So mm-hmm. uh, the quest, the, there's a trade-off um, with the electric panel because if you buy a smaller generator to operate what you really need, like uh, just the fan motor on a gas uh, furnace, uh, the fridge, the uh, freezer, all the stuff you really need, and the lights, you can do that with easily with 5 to 10 kWs. Of, the problem is your electrical panel isn't made for that. It, it the, the air conditioner is still going to try to come on. Um, the electric heaters in the house will still try to come on. So you wind up rewiring your electric panels to where you have a sub-panel that has only what the generator needs to take, and then the rest of the stuff that when you lose power in a storm, it goes down and, you know, so what? You know, if you've got a gas furnace, you can heat your house in the winter because the gas comes and all you need is a few watts to run the blower motor, and that is easily handled by a generator. Uh, None of that has a tax credit. There's no... Um, renewable energy tax credit from the feds or the state that goes toward that uh, generator. Um, If you're in an urban area where you get natural gas or propane easily, um, there's nothing better than a backup power generator. There were many, many days when power was out for five, seven days, tornadoes, Mm -hmm. windstorms, you know, and our house is just chugging along and all of our neighbors are coming on to take showers when they, you know, when they're, because we're the only ones with hot water. Um, that is, that was the optimal. That was the priciest. Um, so you wind up with a whole house generator that's 20 kW, 25 kW. Some homes we installed with 50, you know, they large homes. Um, the small generator. Then you get to the uh, solar. Solar is intermittent power supply, so then you do need the batteries. The good news is there is a tax credit available from the state somewhat through, uh, usually through Ameren and then through the federal government against your federal tax uh, bill next year's or whatever. So you get a credit that they'll, I think it's 22% or 20% of the renewable part of that, which includes the batteries. So you'll get, you know, a 20 20% discount on buying batteries. Batteries are the ticket. That's where you get uh, power during down service time. So when Ameren's out of business, you know, until the power lines are restored, um, you only have, you know, if you get two 10 kW batteries, they're gone in a day or two. Um, so that's why your generator is your most costly, best way to deal with this. You can get some solar power, but then you also get free electric through the solar. So that's a good deal. Um, and, and you do get tax credit benefits from that with the solar, but you can't put in batteries without solar panels to get the credit. Okay. And, uh, with the batteries, so that's, you'd basically be running off the batteries for a couple of days. So if it's summertime running. You know, air conditioning, wintertime, heating, and all that. 
Right, right. It's just like a laptop computer that, you know, when you lose power in the electric, you still have a battery and your computer runs off the battery for consistent power. So that's kind of how those batteries work. Your house pretty much draws the batteries and they become kind of a filter modulator, uninterruptible power supply backup for your house. Um, And, uh, you know, then you get your power walls from Tesla. Generac has one now. Everybody's getting into this battery thing because you get um, outside of um, the the gas company, outside of the Spire or what used to be Laclede Gas, they don't have natural Mm -hmm. gas. So, you know, they're basically solar and backup batteries or propane buried tank or big tank, you know. So that's how they get their insulation from the power grid. With the batteries that are being used for that, I mean, you read in the news all the time, right, about lithium batteries causing car fires, and, you know, you can't put those in the, you know, the luggage compartment of airplanes. you got to have that with you all the time. Is that a concern with uh, whole house, batteries for a whole house uh, solar? Uh, not really for me, uh, because they go in the garage for the most part. These are great big suitcases that hang on the wall, you know, and you can actually stack modules up like you add D-cell batteries, you know, these things can be modular where you have one smart interface and a bunch of batteries, but I promise you they're no more dangerous than a car full of gasoline or an electric vehicle full of battery, you know, so I mean, as long as it goes in the high-risk garage place and you have the proper fire separation of fire code drywall or, you know, that wall, all the things that are already built into the building code, I they're no more dangerous than what I've been living with all my life with a you know car full of gas. Okay. And the noise level of those larger generators, you know, like what sounds like what you have that, you know, run the whole house for, you know, days on end as long as you got uh, you know, natural gas coming in. How those loud are, are those? Those are the quietest of all. Because it's like a car so whatever your car sounds like that's what it is. So in your larger generators, you wind up with a V4 little Ford engine, you know, or something like oh, okay. that. That so I mean, they're the the bigger the unit is, the more electronics and the more noise suppression. And then they also come with like a power on self test. So once a month, ours popped on for five minutes, and it would run. And you know, for an extra three hundred dollars, I got a interface for my phone. It would pop up and say, "Your generator is great. You're a little low on oil, um, and you're two years from replacing the belts." You know, so it was it was a a trust building experience to know, you know, when you have a better generator, you get more stuff in it and it becomes actually, uh, oddly enough, the bigger they get, the quieter they are. Huh, okay. Yeah, any uh, brands weird. that you, uh, any brands that you recommend as reliable? And yeah, also, you see them. Uh, who, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, uh, who, who around town would be able to, uh, you know, come out and talk to us about that and you know, some of the different options? Because I do like the appeal of solar, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but also, you know, like I said, if it's only good for two days and one of those times where you got a multiple-day power outage, you know, you start getting a little excited or antsy about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the the issue is, you know, for 10 kW of a battery, of a solar battery, you know, you're ten to $12,000, you know, so for every 10 kW of generator, you, it's about the same price. The problem is you still need the electrical panels. That's where the thing comes on. So talking to a solar guy, that's going to be one side of the fence. Okay. Talking to a generator electrician, that's the other side of the fence. 
um, and you'll recognize all the good engine names. So Kohler is like top of the line of generators when you have, um, you know, uh, information system, computer systems. They're running mm-hmm. Kohler generators, Cummins generators. You know, they're, they're running the big brand names. They're a little too big, so uh, I love Kohler. We've got a great dealer in St. Louis for the Kohler. Generac, G-E-N-E-R-A-C, has been big uh-huh. in home, so they're, re- they're really strong around the 5, 10, and 15 kW before you get to the water-cooled, you know, Mac Daddy, G- Kohler-type thing. Uh, and then there are other brands in there as well that uh, it, it, it just – you know, when you get a Generac and you get a 2530 KW or a Kohler 2530, when you get up that size, there's not a whole lot of difference in price when you're adding all those features. When you're down below, Generac is better at the 510 and 15 KWs. When you get it above 15 KW, you need to buy a better unit because now you're into water-cooled. You need somebody okay. that's going to come service that thing once or twice a year for you to make sure it's going to be there when you need it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Any companies you recommend in the area? To, well, I, I, to, I though I don't ha- I'm not compensated by this guy, but uh, Tom Stribe, Stribe Electric, is uh, okay. uh, put in our generator. I, he's in the Kirkwood Crestwood area, and um, you know does a great job on generators as well. Okay, I think that's all I had. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you hit kind of close to my heart, Mark. So I know a lot about this because, you know, I still am, am still trying to solve my uh, current place with the same question you're facing there as well. <laughs> well, we've suffered through some mountains over the years, so Man, around this what. time of year we always think about it. So, okay. Thanks for the All call. Right, thank you. All, All right. right. Bye. Bye. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement Camwex, uh, sometimes a little close to my heart, and then I can tell you a whole lot about it because I've researched it from the professional end as well as the consumer end. Uh, 314-436-7900 puts it together for your questions. We'll take a short pause and come back for more now. It's a hot day today in St. Louis, the middle of the country, and the top end of the thermometer. Holy smokes, it's a warm one here. Uh, let's warm up the phone lines and go back and talk to my friend Bob. Hey, Bob, good afternoon. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help? Hey, Scott. Hey, happy birthday to you. It's a very important day, and I appreciate it because I just had one myself. So oh, it's a good you. day. Happy and birthday also, like to you. Yes, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Also, uh, Rich does a great job. So oh, just pass that along if you wouldn't mind, you know. And so now I'll get to my question. Yeah. I'm a longtime do-it-yourselfer, but I'm a first-time put my own uh, bathroom in my basement. I've uh, lived in the house for about 22 uh, years, and uh, my house was built in 1985. Should I do anything with my uh, underground, you know, my uh, under-the-floor uh, plumbing prior to, you know, putting in all the, uh, you know, the, 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 ba- the, the basement bathroom? Um, as far as replacing any pipes or such? Yeah, I mean, I've checked it all out. You know, I've run water through the. It's a full, uh, a full rough end, so you know it's going to have the, you know, the toilet, the, the shower, bath, whatever you choose. Uh, you know, it's got a P trap where the, uh, where the shower would be, and then it's got a straight pipe coming up out of where the toilet would be, and there's a vent pipe that uh, I can use, you know, to vent it. But do you think I should uh, have a plumber? maybe check out all the piping prior to me installing the entire bathroom. Uh, is it a white PVC plastic pipe? Yes, it is. 
Yes. Yeah, you're not going to have any problem with that. The only risk you run is an error when the plumber was gluing it together and he forgot to glue it. That's the only issue I've run into over the years. Um, and I've run into that with, a, believe it or not, a, a pipe that actually got fluxed and cleaned and never soldered. It took 20 years before it leaked. Um, but just be aware, there's very little other than stuff that fell down the toilet pipe or anything that a child might have stuffed in that pipe. That's the only issue that I would check. And that really you can do with a sea snake or fiber optic camera or something like that. And that's, you know, where, um, you know, a plumber, it, it might behoove you to have a plumber check it, but generally they're just going to dump some water down there and see if it works is, you know, without that's pulling exactly it. Really, what I did. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, but it's a leak that's kind of concerning because when you mentioned, hey, it took 20 years for you to find a leak, I have a, had a similar situation in, a, uh, in uh, our, uh, uh, what do you call it, not main bathroom, but the uh, the master uh, bedroom toilet, yeah. you know, and I found that thing, you know what I mean, on my yeah. own, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I, I appreciate what you just said. I mean, but uh, do you think... I think the bottom line is that, you know, I think maybe I should call somebody and have them come in and look at it because that glue joint was the one thing that caused me the worst problem. I couldn't believe it. You know, it took me five years to discover it. You know, I said, hey, what's going on? You know, I, I replaced my, uh, I had a septic system, you know, I'm in Jefferson County and went from septic system to a sewer system, which worked out very well. You know what I mean? You know, when you have other, your other uh, neighbors doing the same thing, long story short. But I think you. I think we're on the same page with this. Yeah, just be careful. It's really tough um, to to know whether or not that joint <clears throat> was glued or not. And this is why St. Louis County, you know, back about you know the early '80s, they required that the solvent cleaner for white plastic pipe was purple. So that at least you know you. So that there's always mm -hmm. a mess. There's always a purple mm -hmm. indicator to know that somebody primed that softened up and cleaned that pipe you don't know whether or not they glued it but frankly the cleaner is is you know halfway to a, a glued joint so that's why st louis county went to that so you could always tell so putting a, a camera down fiber optic whatever you see a mess of a little purple on the inside of the pipe it's like yeah you're probably good but the only way i know a plumber's really going to be able to know this is to break up your floor so i think you're going to face some pretty nasty choices on what, uh, what exactly no. do you want me to do yeah yeah i mean and that's the that was the fear that i had because when i discovered the other leak in the uh, master uh, bath i said hey I, I figured that out on my own you know what i mean i just threw a little dye down there you know what i mean yeah and yeah, i was yeah. coming out outside the house on the back of the wall, which is very, the uh, uh, the actually the stack for that mm -hmm. uh, particular toilet was way close to it, it, it was like within five inches of Whoa. the outer wall of the of the house, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so I said, "Hey, look, I'm not an engineer." I said, "But I think it's leaking at the seam, just as you just suggested." Yeah. And so I mean, that's my biggest fear. You know, I said, "I don't want to spend." you know, tons of, uh, you know, my own hours and uh, effort, labor and uh, materials, and then come to find out that the stupid thing's leaking, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's always good to so, check. I mean, measure twice, cut once. So you're yeah, on the exactly. same page there. Yeah, so, but, but do you think they could, I mean, with all the modern technology, without busting up the floor, do you think they could find, if there is a possibility that there is a, 
a leak, you know, or the seam, you know, the seam at the pipe. I mean, I think that's the most difficult thing to yeah. to figure out without busting it up, though. You can't you hardly do it. You may be into a sewer cleaner that does fiber optic sewer pipe inspection from the inside out. So you may wind up with, you know, a sewer cleaner guy like breaking up sewer bl- blocks. That there, You're looking for somebody with a fiber optic machine. That Well, let me ask you this question then. Can I call you guys and have you, you know, direct me to uh, somebody who would, you know, give me the best information? Because, like I said, I don't want to make a big boo-boo here. You know, I can do this myself. You know, I've done, you know, quite a few home improvements over the decades. You know, remember, I had a birthday like you. So I'm, uh, I'm probably, Terry, probably in the same age range. I'm running out of time. You're welcome to call our office, 314-909-1800. And we do keep a spreadsheet of uh, basically who we use and and kind of so a semi-vetted group. And we do check pipes like this, so we count on, you know, several companies to do this. Please do. That's great. I appreciate that, Scott. And once again, tell Rich, hey, man, he's doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. Thank you very much. Okay. You take care. Home Improvement, we're going to take a short pause, and we'll be back for this right after this on KMOX. Hey, folks, stay tuned here. News, weather, and sports. Scott Mosby here signing out. Got a little Gabby. Stay tuned. We have your retirement professionals next on KMOX.